Hello and welcome to the first episode of Quarantine Cheap Seats. I'm your host, Kobe Manzo, and today we're doing something a little bit different. We're on a Zoom call here with today's guests on the Cheap Seats. I'm joined by Blaze Lauer, Drew Carpenter, Mitch Howell, and Derek Dungan. You see them all on my screen right now in the gallery view of Zoom. And on today's Cheap Seats, it's a little bit tough to find a lot of content in the sports world these days as all these leagues are being canceled due to the pandemic that is COVID-19. But... Something that has persisted, and due to the league's persistence and almost stubbornness, is the NFL draft. Now, that also, it has gone to a completely virtual draft. There will be no um, just draft day or like events that usually happen every year, but the draft is still happening 100%. It will start on Thursday, April 23rd, and will go to Friday, April 25th. So, initial impressions, guys, of what this will mean for the NFL to have a completely virtual draft and not do any in-person kind of organizing. Uh, so for me, um, um, I I think there's a lot of things that could go wrong, honestly. Because, um, you know, the, isn't the thing where the owners and the GM might not be in the same room or something, Kobe? Have you seen yeah, something yeah. Like so the owners and the GMs actually unanimously voted um, against going to a virtual draft. They even said that if we could be in the same room but six feet apart, like the CDC recommended, that social distancing space, if we could be in the same room but six feet apart, they would actually opt into that before they went to a virtual draft just so they can be in the same room real time and not have to worry about internet connections. But that's definitely something we have to look towards. Because, hey, have you seen that movie Draft Day where, like, they're not in the same room and then they pick the wrong guy that everyone else wanted to pick? I mean, something like that could happen. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Just, like, something like that. It could be completely different. Yeah, it's crazy. It's going to be a totally new dynamic. But what are some other challenges we see the NFL having to uh, – or some hurdles we see them having to go over to make this draft to go smoothly? Um, there. Definitely a first. Yeah, I think we're losing Mitch there. Example one. Like a lot. Might be losing this. So this, yeah, you're right, Blaze. This is actually a really good example. When you're relying on the internet, Mitch is still trying to talk, but I don't even know if he can hear us right now just because sometimes the connection is tough. But that's a good example of something that the NFL is going to have to go through and check multiple times. Sorry, Mitch, we lost you there. You, like, you sound totally robotic for a couple seconds. Um, but, Blaze, what are you looking uh, from this draft that's going to separate it from past ones? Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that each team gets, like, one or two guys that are actually at the draft, like, in the room with, like, where the stage is, right? Yeah, and so there, will be, there will be representatives from each team there, but it's a lot different, you know, talking through a representative as opposed to having your whole um, general management and front office in the same, um, same building on, a, like, a telephone line, you know what I mean? But right. you're right, yeah. you're right. Yeah, I just think the communication aspect will be harder than it is in just being together in real life. And uh, another thing is, I don't know if it's a hurdle, but for, like, the people who are actually getting drafted, they don't get that experience of walking across the stage, shaking the commissioner's hand. They get to, I don't know, virtually shake his hand, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah now that's going to be something, too, because you see like, a lot of iconic pictures with guys walking across the stage, getting that jersey, shaking Goodell's hand, going through all of it, and the money, yes, of course, the endorsement deals. I saw Drew making the sign right there. It's going to be a totally, house. totally different experience. The draft day outfits, what are we going to see from the draft day outfits with the suits and the, the jackets and all of that? And the draft day events. So a city, even though you know, it's going to be in L.A., that city is going to also you know, not benefit because of this because the draft that brings to every city is a ton of fans, 
and a bunch of money because those fans are going out. They're going to local restaurants, hotels, entertainment places. They're staying in that city for multiple days as the draft goes on. So it's a big economic hit for that city too. Um, but anything else that we can think of? If you think about it from that point, too, it was supposed to kick off the whole thing for Vegas opening a new NFL team, and yes. now that's completely shut down. Yeah, that's that's another that thing that I actually didn't even think about now because now you have um, many more NFL teams over there in California, so that's going to be a large hit to them in trying to draw out that fan base. They've been struggling to get a fan like a consistent fan base out there, uh, whether that's because the fans are conflicted on who to root for or they just literally don't care. I, I don't know. Um, but we'll have to see um, in the future. But looking at the draft, this uh, this draft class, the quarterback obviously will be a position that's always taken um, in the top few rounds, probably most likely the top few picks by a lot of NFL teams because the NFL is a quarterback-driven league. Some of the top quarterbacks, obviously we have Joe Burrow, who set the college t- uh, touchdown passing record this past year. Tua Tagovailoa and Justin Hebert from Oregon are headlining this year's QB class. Who looks strong in this year's quarterback class, and is Joe Burrow a no-brainer number one pick? For me personally, I like two. I think the Lions should take two. I think anybody should take two, honestly. But I think uh, we're going to see go, Joe Burrow go first to the Bengals because that's just what everybody's predicting. And, you know, he did have a good season, so it's obviously what's going to happen. Well, you know, the uh, Miami Dolphins, uh, they had like this little thing that all the fans were thinking that they were going to tank for Tua this year. <laughs> yeah. So so now that they have um, – they got some competition with the Bucks uh, with uh, Brady over there now, do you think the uh, – the Marlins are going to try to snag two now. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Well, I guess we'll see. I know, no one really knows, but I think, like kind of Blaze said, talking about there has been some speculation about the Lions acquiring Tua, and I think we'll talk about the Lions as we get in a little bit later um, into the show. But right now, for me, I don't know if Tua is the pick for the Lions just because you have Stafford in there right now who's been established. And from the perspective of a Lions fan, You'd love to have two on your team because he's a great guy, great quarterback. He came from a great program, right? And he's got this culture that he brings with him that as, as the years go by, he could start to install in Detroit. But if you look at it from the perspective of Matt Patricia, who needs to win now, right? He needs to win now for his job security's sake. So I don't know if, you know, maybe the Lions do pick him and just take go out on a limb and take a risk. Um, but just our, uh, excuse me, Joe Burrow definitely looks like a secured number one spot um, in Cincinnati for me. Um, I mean, yeah, I would agree with that. Joe Burrow, I think everyone would agree that he's locked in. Um, and then that number two, you know, two, three spot is kind of like what I was going to bring up. It's so, you know, cloudy right now because we're looking at, you know, Chase Young maybe being the number two pick because, you know, he's freakish. He might be better than the Boses. You know, he's the guaranteed, like, going to produce in the NFL. Or is somebody, you know, like trade Washington for that pick? Or is Washington even going to take Tua? Uh, like we saw with Kyler Murray and Josh Rosen, um, because, you know, Dwayne Haskins just isn't doing it for them anymore. So Washington has a lot of power at that number two. Um, they could take their Chase Young or they could take another franchise quarterback. But, you know, they can also get rid of that pick. Uh, maybe like somebody like uh, the Chargers could trade up for that. And, you know, you never know what could happen. That's why the Lions might get screwed because, you know, let's say Tua goes at two, we'll take Chase Young. I know that's fine, but, but let's say Chase Young goes at too, and we're not going to want to take Tua because of his injuries, then who do you take, Akuda, like, or Duka? Like, I don't – Yeah. He's not – Yeah, we're, we're losing him a little bit there, but I definitely hey, uh, agree with a lot of the points there. Hey, Cole, 
based so on what Mitch was saying, um, I agree with Mitch. Like, Washington's in that predicament where it's like it could go either way. But like Derek was also saying, too, Miami's huge right now. Um, you know, Tom Brady's in town for Tampa Bay, but also they're at five and they have two other picks later in the draft. So let's say Tua does fall in their lap and they're still like, ah, I don't know because of his injury, because I believe Tua would go number one if it wasn't for his injury. Okay. I think he's a better overall player than Burrow. But if they're skeptical, like someone like the Chargers are like, okay, now we have Tua at six. And that makes Herbert now fall later in the draft for the Dolphins to pick up with their later picks in the first round. Yeah, so actually they could find themselves in a pretty nice situation as far as what they're available to get with those picks. And you talk about, like you said, like you think Tua overall just a more complete player than Joe Burrow. Both of those quarterbacks have had an amazing supporting cast. And I think that has been kind of the storyline for this year and this year's draft class. You look at the wide receiver group, which is the number one ranked uh, position class in this year's draft. And we've talked about a lot of these guys before on cheap seats. I know, especially in the championship game uh, with Justin Jefferson from LSU had a breakout game and an absolutely fantastic season. But also you look at Jerry Judy from Bama, who had a huge year. CeeDee Lamb from Oklahoma, who has speed like we have not seen in a little bit. And then Henry Ruggs, who has made a name for himself as of late, also from Alabama, who actually wasn't in the top of that wide receiver group. Um, but as you just see, start to see more and more of him, and his draft stock continues to rise for Ruggs. Um, so for me, that wide receiver class is definitely going to be the most interesting because, you, you know, like we're talking about the top three picks right now. We're not saying any wide receivers are going, right, because that's not what you typically see in a draft. But how soon do we think these wide receivers are going to be taken off the board? I definitely see some of them going top 15, top 10, possibly. Um, yeah, they're all really pretty... good. Okay. I There's think to me, too many of them. I think they're going to go uh, kind of early, too. Like, you, I, like, personally, my bad. I don't know if I cut anybody off. I, I'm having trouble hearing people. But, okay. like, personally, there's so many good athletes. Like, we didn't even talk about the guy from Colorado, Sheldon. I don't yeah. know how you say he, his name. He made a, he he made a, a name for himself, also, like, yeah. yeah. Like, like you can you can go across the board and not only look at those top five receivers that we've been looking at, you know, since the end of college football, but there's just it's it's just depth. Like Donovan's Peoples Jones, I don't even know if you want to put him in the top ten. In that. Like, I mean, to be honest with you, it's it's just it's going to be like you know what teams want their receiver whenever they want him because there's going to be good receivers available in the third round, and not only that, but it's going to take away uh, like the running back stock. Like Jonathan Taylor might fall the Lions in the second round, or you know, you never know. Like, there's so many okay. receivers it's going to take away from those other offenses. Yeah, and um, we saw, like, we're talking about the championship game. This year in college football has been the year of the wide receiver. We saw so many breakout names at that wide receiver position. And, obviously, the wide receivers are a very highly touted position on the offensive side of the ball. They're making plays with their hands. If you can get a guy who can go out there and block on the perimeter, which a lot of these guys do a very good job of. I've seen a lot of film, especially on, like, Jefferson in that championship game with a lot of that scheme at LSU runs. That's an NFL-ready offense. And they talk about that a lot with Joe Burrow and how important it is for a quarterback to be in an NFL-style offense in college. But how important is it for a wide receiver to be in that kind of offense, right? The route running, the concepts, all of that. If that can transfer directly into the professional, you know, the NFL, the National Football League, how vital is that to a top draft prospect? I think it's really important. So, like, let's be honest here. Like, the NFL is just pretty much seven on seven with some linemen. Like, there's no teams that are just ground and pound, you know, run the ball every play. So, wide receivers are really important. So, um just getting used to catching a lot of balls, running a lot of routes, you know, 
conditioning basically is going to be important for them. Yeah. I think that's very important too, because I mean, you look at a team like Philly, I mean, what separated Philly from the next team was their wide receiver. I mean, Nelson Aguilar was their number one late in the year. And the most important thing about him was that meme that that guy made. <laughs> like, seriously. You look at a team, you look at a guy like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you look at a guy like CD lamb. He, I mean, he comes from th- his quarterbacks in college were Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray and Jalen hurts. Yeah. He knows how to catch the ball. He played. In, yeah. He's, He's, I think he's the best receiver in the draft, and I think if you're Philly, that's a guy that you need to pick first round. D.D. Yeah. Lamb is a freak. Like, he is – him and Jerry Judy, I think, are two generational wide receivers that we're seeing once again. Like, uh, with – and I, it's it's crazy to think that we just saw D.K. Metcalf Brown go in the second round. Yeah. Last year, because they were second-round picks, so – yeah, the both of those guys who actually met deep into the playoffs are AJ Brown from the Titans and then DK Metcalf for the Seahawks. They met in the playoffs and both they just had outstanding seasons and they made a name for themselves. Now they didn't go, you know, in the high first round draft pick. They didn't, you know, secure that bag for themselves, but they did make a name for themselves at the NFL level and they've kind of established themselves in their respective areas. Now, kind of transitioning off of this a little bit, when you look at the Lions, the wide receiver position is not something that comes to mind immediately. Now, because you, you, you could always improve on every position, I think, in the NFL, but right now, the wide receiver is not really on the list for the Lions. What is on the list for the Lions when it comes to drafting? Oh, well, if I'm going to... If I'm going <laughs> to... Yeah, seriously. <laughs> no, so do you think that... How, how am I going to say this? Do you think the Fords are kind of not doing Retarded. their part? Yeah, basically. Um, like, <laughs> I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said that, but um, no, definitely. Like, I feel like the Fords, you know, they're kind of just it's like, it's like their little thing. They don't really care about the fans. They don't care about the team. They do it because it's their family little outing. So I think <laughs> you think we should – it's true, though. Think about it, though. Like, they don't really – anyway, I'll let you guys finish that. Well, I, I know what you mean. And I, maybe I wouldn't use the same words as you were, Blaze, but I definitely understand the point you're trying to get across. When your fan base is creating T-shirts that are literally begging you to sell the team, and you don't make – I mean, not only are you not going to get rid of the team, but you don't make any changes structurally. You just say, hold out, wait. To a fan base that has literally done just that for the past whoever – how before our lifetime. Right before our years. lifetime, but Mitch, what do you? What are your thoughts on this, Mitch? I saw you. Keep going, keep going, keep going. I didn't. Yeah, I just wanted to touch on uh, that. I'll, I'll rephrase my my oh. sentence. They're not. They're not making bad decisions. They're just. They're just non-athletic people trying to run an athletic. Okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> they don't. They don't really care though. That's the thing. So like they just handle. I mean, here's it. my thing. Oh, this guy's nice. We should keep yeah. him. They're not like oh, my bad. taking into consideration like how it actually affects the team and all that. It's a business. It's 100% a business. And that starts at the college level. It's starting to even leak into the high school level is that business mindset that is football. And it's starting to leak. We see it permeate almost into this high school level. But when you get to college, and they say it all the time, you might not realize it, it is a business. Like they see you, uh, college coaches see their players not only as people, and they make those important relationships, but they are an investment to a coach, to a program, to a university. They are an investment because they are paying for that tuition. And then when you bring them to the next level, that effect is like tenfold. And you are an investment if you are a player, coach, any kind of team personnel. And I think you're kind of right there. The Fords, now they understand it's a business. They've been doing this for a long time but they have not had much success and they continue to refuse to change their ways. Well, Kobe, when you think about like owners of the NFL, 
you're thinking Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones, right? Yeah. Those are two guys who are very invested in their teams. When was the last time we heard Martha Ford or any of the Fords come out and be like, Matthew Stafford's our guy? Like, <laughs> they never come yeah. out and say anything about their players. You're right. Like um, Kraft, Kraft is going after Brady and Jones is with Zeke and Prescott, and we don't get any of that. Well, they definitely don't say that for or um, excuse me, that Stafford's their guy. But you can tell, obviously, it's their guy. They don't, yeah. they don't get rid of him. They don't get rid of him. And like, sure, he's not as bad as a lot of people say, and he well, has some talent. But he's, yeah, he's done some well for us. But he, he needs, we need some more uh, quarterback talent than Stafford. Okay. I'm okay. I'm, in here. I'm, Drew, Drew, yeah. gonna, Go ahead, Drew. You're gonna love this, and you're gonna back me up because it's all about the Patriots. We see our GM is Bob Quinn from the Patriots. Oh, boy. They brought him in, and that was, like, our first move. Like, holy cow, we're going to start becoming the Patriots. I didn't know. Uh-oh. I don't I think Mitch has finished yeah. one sentence yet. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. <laughs> the connection is what? tough. We got, we got the Bob Quinn from the Patriots, and the Lions are trying to be the Patriots. Brought him in. Wait, let me talk slower. Okay. Patricia, was that your next? Was that your next? Was Patricia the next yeah. link? Okay. So then Patricia comes from the Patriots. So now we have a GM and a head coach from the <laughs> Patriots. Yeah. Because because our owners don't know anything. They're like, hey, let's let's model ourselves after maybe one of the greatest franchises in all of national football. Which is fine. Which is fine. So oh, yeah. sports. That's just sports. Yeah. A hundred percent. Now sign those guys. Get get them ready. And yeah. Take the plate. Now all the players were taken from the Patriots too. It's like we're trying to be. I I, I get what you're I get what you're saying. I mean, 100%. I see where yeah. he's coming from. Yeah, I get it. 100. Like you you refuse to make your own you know your own <laughs> rules to set your own foundation to make your own set groundwork. your own identity. Exactly, yeah. but you're trying to yeah, bring they're in just following people. with the Patriots. Yeah. They're just trying to bring in these people who will. They're hoping bring that culture to them, which really doesn't it's happen. Find a that base off be, of theirs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you got to make it your own. Hundred percent. Now, right. well, that's one and thing the never like had is an identity besides losing. Like that's what <laughs> we're known for is losing. <laughs> that yes. is so true. <laughs> with the Baker Mayfield flag behind him, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we're coming back this year. <laughs> oh gosh! But back to the original question. I think yeah. that back to the original question. I think that Chase Young out of Ohio State is the no-brainer pick for the Lions if he falls into their lap at you know their draft pick in the first round. But if he is not there, who do the Lions go after? Who does Detroit go after? To me, I know a lot of guys are projecting them to take. Um, Jeff Okuda, yep, out of Ohio State, which I would love to have him on my team. He's a really good corner. But you think like if you're in the top three picks in the draft, right? You you're not a very good NFL team. You suck. So, <laughs> and like, tell me the last right. time a DB took your team to the Super Bowl the next year? Doesn't happen, right? That's very more like a quarter, very that's a quarterback fair. or a DM. So drafting one of those like um, cornerstone like franchise pieces is what they need to do. And well, even if it's Cuba and not playing him this year because we have Stafford, you know, getting him yeah. some training like like other guys have done. Like Aaron Rodgers was behind Favre for a couple of years. Very stuff true. like that. It's been done before. So what do you think the Lions are actually going to do, though? Like, we always have these, uh, like, assumptions, oh, they're going to take this guy, they're going to take this guy. Going with that. What I think is going to happen is uh, Washington is going to do something with the second pick, and that is what it's going to make the Lions do with yeah. their pick. Okay. 
I could see the Lions going with Okuda. Do I think they should? No. If Chase Young's there, he's a no-brainer. But I think the playmaker they need to grab. You know, Blaze said, DBs don't make, you know, a Super Bowl caliber team. I think I know where you're going with this. Isaiah Simmons is That's a playmaker. That's it. He, all he does is make plays. And Blaze was saying, no! he's, a D, he's not a DN or a quarterback, but he's a linebacker, defense. a safety, a corner. He's, he's everything you want. And he Patricia is a de- yeah, Patricia is a defensive mind. And I think the best thing you could do for him is bring in someone who I could play anywhere, coach, put me wherever. Yes, that's play. true. I love that. I'm totally with Drew here. And when Isaiah Simmons was asked, actually, without a doubt, yeah, he definitely does. And when Isaiah Simmons was asked what position he plays, he replied, "I play defense. I play D." That was all he had to say. I play defense, and I love that mindset. But for whatever level, but for my, yeah, for my, what I think we're gonna do with it, and nobody's mentioned it yet. I think we're gonna trade the pick back if if um, Chase Young goes. Um, because quite okay. frankly, if, you know, Isaiah Simmons is, is probably like the most obvious, like number three pick in terms of like what the lions would actually do yeah. because it's the lions and like, we're going to take somebody who can play defense and play everywhere. But if we like really still want a, a CUDA and we want to just move back and, you know, trade Miami or, you know, San Diego so that they can go and get two uh, at three mm-hmm. and then we're going to get a CUDA and maybe a second and then a second round pick and then maybe another future pick like, we really would be in a lot better situation if we could trade that pick back outside of like that top five because we could still get Derek Brown, Akuda. Like, there's still options for us. There's like seven or eight players in the like top seven or eight players. Like, we could we could roll with, in my opinion. Yeah. Now we've talked a lot about the defensive side of the ball, and then we talked about the quarterback spot. But are there any other position groups that we need? We have the Lions have an immediate need for right now that we can think of. Running back. Running back still. Carryon Johnson's he's all right. He gets injured a lot. Um, yeah, he, not- Carryon Johnson. He's he's a great back and he's been good for us. But you're right. He hasn't been as durable as the Lions would have liked. He's a piece of glass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That I mean, that's, that's when you think about the, the top problem. running backs in the NFL right now. You think of like Derrick Henry, like Mark Ingram. These dudes that are just big bully runners, and Carryon mm-hmm. Johnson is not that. No, and it's a different play style, which is totally fine. He's done a good job, I think, when he's on the field. But that's that's it right there. It's when he's on the field. When you're injured, when you're off the field, you can't help yeah. the team at all. And you think about those guys. Not only are they bully runners, they're obviously put together a little bit more physically. They're a little bit more developed than a guy like Carry On, which will take time. But they also just have a different, um, just a kind of a different, like I don't even know what the word is. Just a different go about them. They are physical that's downhill that. runners. Different play style, but yeah. you know, it's just those guys are known for just being durable runners. Work. Yeah, that's true. That's also yeah, well, true. Kobe, carry on coming out of Auburn had injury problems. So yeah. that was a red flag there, and we still took him. If I'm the yeah. Lions and I take um, Okuda or someone defensively with number three pick and Jonathan Taylor is their second round, what is yes. the red flag on him? He's one of the greatest college Thank football you. running backs of all time. Okay. He, he, I think he's better than Swift personally. So if he's there, why wouldn't you take yeah. him? But someone like Kansas City – is in a need for running back. I mean, Damian Williams isn't great, but he's not bad. But I think Jonathan Taylor could be something special. Agreed. I, I agree. That's that. what I was going to bring up. I was bringing Jonathan Taylor at the second round. I think, like, a lot of more, you know, mock drafts are seeing us take somebody like that. And let's be honest, like, if the Lions had a run game, we have good enough wide receivers. Like, if we had a little bit more of a run game and had two solid backs, I think we'd be a lot more versatile on offense. The it's two back honest. Yeah. The Saints do the two back system with Kamara and Ingram, and then they brought in Latavius, and so that worked. And then uh, obviously, I mean, 
where Lamar is now, that's two runners where it's like German Lamar you got to account for. So having two runners in your backfield is not a bad thing at all, and I think it would be a good pick. Yeah, just keeping a fresh set of legs. I mean, we saw um, San Francisco this year with a stable of backs back yes. there led by, like, Moster and a couple of their um, backs. But they did, all did a great job when they were in. They were kept fresh legs on the field at all times, and they always had a fresh runner in there that was coming downhill. And when you're in defense, that is annoying. That is just absolutely annoying to play against because you have a guy who's just maybe sat a series off on the sideline. He's coming in fully juiced up. You've already been out here for two possessions, and you are absolutely gassed. And the effect that and that has on an offense. The Lions have better playmakers on the outside, as in Kenny Galladay and even Matthew Stafford. I see Stafford head and shoulders above Jimmy Garoppolo as a playmaker. And if you if you bring a running back system and then a um, someone like Simmons or Akuda or Chase Young fills up that defense like San Francisco, I mean that's the team we should be modeling after. The Patriot way is not working for the, the, the Lions, and I think San Francisco way would be good. Yeah. I agree with that. And now, uh, unfortunately, I think that's all the time we have uh, for the episode one of Quarantine Cheap Seats. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, we'll be back after the draft to talk about what the Lions actually did with their draft picks. Uh, but thank you. And, uh, fellas, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, no thank problem. you. No problem.